And we're back. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around for the second part of our top 10 list. If you do not remember where we left off, Micah had just finished his number four book, Equal Rights by Terry Pratchett. Hope you enjoy listening, and without any further ado, let's get into it. All right, Leo, number four. Number four. Yet another one. I'm going to choose Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Now, really? this is another book that I have not read all the way through. But, <laughs> but, but, You are but, cheating. Maybe a little bit. I agree. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> what I have read is, has been extremely insightful, uh, and I appreciate all of it so much. If you don't know what Sun Tzu's The Art of War is... It is basically uh, a Chinese general writing about, well, the art of war and uh, the strategies and uses he goes about using when he needs to go to war or is in a situation that is like war. Now, it's not just all about, you know, fight tactics and battle formations. It's also got a lot of real life wisdom to it talks about if you want to win a battle you first have to know yourself and then you got to know your enemy and then you got to know how your enemy and you and do not know your enemy or if you just don't know yourself then all of your battles are as good as lost which stuck out to me in the way that i at least what i interpreted it from is if you do not have enough knowledge and are not confident in yourself, then you're not going to get very far in life. doesn't really work out well if you don't have the ability to know and take care of yourself before you work on taking care, taking care of and knowing other people. Uh, so that was something very interesting that was only a little tidbit that I read of it. So I'm excited to finish it. And I want to recommend it to all of you guys as well. We talked about it on our New Year's resolution episode too. So that is the second time I've mentioned it. And it's high up on my list. So go check it out. It's really cool. I, I'm really not on board with the whole, haven't read the whole book <laughs> Okay. Thing. Like, how can you recommend a book if you haven't read the whole thing? What if the end, you really like, it kills the whole book it's for you? True. How, 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 how would Sun Tzu's The Art of War do that? Just in the end? I... I don't know, but it it could happen. I haven't read The Art of War. It, I haven't, and I plan on reading it, but I haven't read it yet. But you never know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number four is the book Ash Princess. Mm. We have talked about this one before. Now, it is definitely very much so a young adult novel. It's it has a lot of tropes and a lot of cliche things happen, but that is not why I think everyone should read it. I think the fantasy world it is set in is very deliberate in how it's kind of recreating a Holocaust kind of setting, which to me is really, really interesting because I personally don't like reading and have a hard time reading Holocaust novels because I feel like it's such a real thing that happened and just how it is. I, I just can't read books about it, but I think having a fantasy world where it's something similar, but it's not trying to directly correlate and it isn't exactly the same and it's a fantasy. So there's magic. That's a part of it really, at least for me, I think it's really 
interesting. I think you can learn a lot from it. It focuses on kind of how this one girl who's a teenager has to help, really helps it. So I I drew that correlation. That's not something I think was entirely, I don't think that was the point of the book, but it's something that I think you can learn a lot from and that I found. Okay. Like has to navigate this political sphere to really help her people who are being mass murdered really rise up and gain their freedom from the people who are, you know, like forcing them into this horrible position and taking all of their land. And it so far, I feel like the series has really come along well, and it's really built well upon itself. And I'm very excited to see how it concludes, which if it does not conclude in a way that is well, this might kill it on my mm-hmm. list. You never know. But the next book comes out this year, so it comes out very, very, very soon. I'm very hyped for that, yes. I've seen this all over the place, um, so I should probably check it out at one point. And I, but I didn't realize that it... Um, correlated had like holocaust correlations in it so that's interesting i mean i feel like i haven't seen that in a lot of places that's just something i really noticed in it like the first time i saw that like the queen's people were the ones that like they're being sent to these camps where they have to work and if they don't work enough then they're killed and like they're killed sometimes just because and then they're going insane in here and they're all dying like to me it's very concentration concentration campy okay um, so that pushes us on to number yeah, three. Number three. The top, the top three. three. Uh, this was the part, actually, number five all the way through number three were very difficult for me to order. And I had to start thinking in terms of the list, like top 10 books I think everyone needs to read and not just my top 10 favorite books. And that mm-hmm. helped to make it a little bit easier. My one and two are set in stone from the beginning. They were the first ones I put on here. Oh, same. Um, but my number three is going to be Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Um, first, side note, you should read everything that Neil Gaiman has ever and will ever write. <laughs> because his writing is just beautiful. It's nearly flawless. It's a wonderful style. Um, and I adore it. And I could have very easily put like four or five Neil Gaiman novels on this list, but that felt lame. So I didn't. And I tried to pick one uh, and I picked Stardust, which is kind of his version of a fairy tale. It's about this boy in this little nobody village who wants to marry this girl in the village and she doesn't, she has no interest in him. And he's like, well, what if I bring you a star? And she's like, well, that's impossible. So yeah, if that gets rid of you, you can go bring me a star and then I'll marry you. So he like goes searching for a fallen star and he ends up fighting, finding it and tries to bring it back with him. And the fallen star is actually a girl and he ends up falling in love with her and they go on this big adventure thing. But uh, it's just his version. It's Neil Gaiman's version of a fairy tale. Uh, and it is delightful and wonderful and so well written and it reminds me of hmm, what would I say that it reminds me of there's like something in the back of my mind that it kind of reminds me of but I can't quite put my finger on it it, it kind of brings out those feelings of awe and adventure and joy that you feel as a kid when you're reading through a fairy tale for the first time or hearing a fairy tale for the first time but as an adult which i I find those moments a lot harder to come across as an adult. And so I appreciate this book for that. Hmm. I like that. 
That sounds cool. I'll have to check it out. Yep, Stardust, mm-hmm. uh, Neil Gaiman. Nice. That one does sound really interesting. Uh, okay. So for nine, my number three, uh, uh, I'm going to piggyback off of Lizzie just a little bit. And I'm going to put Ash Princess for my number three. Now, partially, I did, as I'm getting into my top three, I think Ash Princess might be a little bit out of place because it's a book everybody obviously should read. That's the point of this list. Uh, Ash Princess, I think, is a good book for people to read. Obviously, I don't know if it's a life-changing book or it's a world-changing book, but for my experience personally, the, the Ash Princess did mean a lot to me. And uh, the message that it tells, I think, is actually pretty interesting, and it's got some depth to it. Uh, like Lissy talked about, she relates it to the Holocaust, and I think I can definitely see that. There's Holocaust-esque ideas. There was a nation that was attacked by a larger and more powerful, more war-hungry nation and taken over and slaughtered. Until all that is left is a remnant of the people group and they're enslaved. There are also a lot of other war aspects. Like I, I know I've seen throughout the glittered throughout the book. There are uh, a good bit of the ass princess. Uh, there are points towards the end that really interested me a lot, especially when you get into different plots they're trying to do. I don't want to spoil this book at all elements of when you're at war you have to accept hard realities and that's definitely shown in a good bit of what they have to go through what they have to do and what she has to watch so i am definitely recommending this book as i think i said this before fantasy is my favorite genre this is one of my favorite fantasy novels and it has the aspect of a complex magic system and pretty complex and the, uh, you know, fun and adventurous world that fantasy brings about, but it also has a very surreal side to it as well. But it really, I, I saw a decent, a good bit of character development as well in the main character and how she kind of has to go from hopeless and I'm just going to lay down and not mess with these people who have already beat me once to I'm about to do something about this and uh, you can either be on my side or you can get out of my way. And like I said, it's not super life-changing, but I would say if you're going to shoot for a... uh, It's not too heavy. It's not too long is what I should say. It's a bit of a uh, quicker read. Maybe pick it up at some point and sit down and see what you think. So that would be my number three. Well, if you're both going to rank it so highly, I should probably check this out at some point. <laughs> and I've, been, I've heard about it for a while now, so it's probably time. You, you should check it out really soon because the next book is coming out and then you could read the whole trilogy at once. Exactly. We, uh, oh, there's three of them. When does the next yeah. book come out? Um, I feel like it comes out either in January or March. Hold on. I have my computer right in front of me, so the next book is called Ember Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, loading. Um, why do I have to click on a link? That's really lame. <laughs> it comes out. Why? Expected on publication on February fourth, twenty twenty. Oh wow! It's very soon. 
Okay. Yeah. And, the, and I have to say, the cover looks really, really cool. Covers so, are important. Yeah. There is that old like saying, "Don't judge a book by its cover," and that is garbage. Yeah. You should absolutely judge. <laughs> yeah. it by its oh yes, oh yes. All of the covers in this series, like they all look really good together. They do, and I'm excited to have them all on my bookshelf together. There you go. Especially when I return the one that I borrowed from you. Yes, I would like that back. <laughs> <laughs> You've had it for what six months now? I've had it since the last decade. You're right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) My number three, we're staying on topic. Uh, my number three is The Hate You Give. Oh, yep. I feel like pretty much everyone has heard of this novel, especially since it was made into a movie. It really it focuses on the Black Lives Matter movement and gang violence and just the differences between, you know, like white people and black people. And it uh, it also goes into like economy things like the rich versus the poor. It really it goes through a lot of different issues from a teenage girl's perspective. And she has the perspective on how she's like in the middle of a lot of these Things So she has to really find her identity and kind of decide where she lands on certain issues, especially after one of her like best friends from childhood is killed in a police shooting like and he was innocent. So she, you know, going through all of that, it's it's definitely very interesting and a very deep book, but um, I thought it was interesting to see a story told from a teenage girl's perspective on these types of issues. Yeah, I've heard about this quite a bit as well. And it I think it is already somewhere on my um, to-read list. And so it sounds interesting. It sounds like it's a unique perspective to some pretty uh, deep topics. <laughs> yes. Yep. All right. Number two. Final two. Oh, man. Here we go. Um, Number two. Fantasy is also my favorite genre, which is probably apparent because I have like six of them on this list. (laughs) Um, It is the superior genre. Agreed. I will die on that hill. No. No, it is. No, it absolutely is. We can have this discussion another time, though. Uh, My number two (laughs) is um, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. And I... I did kind of hesitate to include this because this we're getting into Game of Thrones territory here where this is an author mm. who is writing a trilogy and it is not finished and it is taking some time. <laughs> um, two of the three books are out and we are coming up on nine years since book two came out. Oh boy. Oh. And it's, it is actually crushing my soul. <laughs> um, <laughs> But there, I will say, I don't just love this book because it's a fantasy novel and it does fantasy in a unique way and it's interesting and it's got awesome characters. I love this because the author, this is the best author I have ever read. That is why it is so high on my list. This man, I I follow everything he does. I read his blog. I follow him on like every social media. I'm pretty obsessed. Um, (laughs) But his process is incredible. When he writes a book, the reason it takes so long is this book, he finished writing it uh, in the 90s. He finished this whole trilogy in the 90s, and we still don't have them all. 
because of the intense amount of edits and drafts he does. He does over a hundred drafts of any book before he actually is willing to release it. And because of that, everything, the language is all so intentional. The, all of it is so well put together and so polished and so beautiful to read. Uh, His, his writing is just perfect. Uh, And all of that on top of the fact that it's a really interesting world and a really interesting story. Um, It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And we got two of the three books and maybe sometime before I die, we'll get the third. (sighs) So there's that. You'll have to wait on it, but I cannot recommend this book enough. It's, phenomenal it will it will change so basically you you're trying hmm. you're trying to get us to be on this like endless cliffhanger with you he needs friends misery loves company <laughs> <laughs> you won't regret it though and yeah. then in the meantime you can just keep rereading them while you wait <laughs> or or you can read all the i think i have 300 books on my want to read list yeah. Probably more this, this honestly, I wouldn't necessarily say this for the other books on my list, but this should catapult to near the top. It is that mm. important. All right. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, that 100 drafts thing. Uh, when you're he's, talking about he's it, pretty extreme. That's really crazy. Like that, that interests me a lot. If I'll you, just, if you Google top 10 fantasy books of all time, I guarantee this book is like top three. Dang. I'm doing it. <laughs> Just to prove a point. So the first thing that comes I'm up I'm pretty is... sure we've had this conversation before and you did and it was there. Let's see. Let's see. Clicked on the first link. Oh, no. This list is bogus because it's not in the top three. <laughs> number seven and that's just ridiculous. But they do have Terry Pratchett on it, so that's respectable. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> All right. The name of the wind, Patrick Rothfuss. Name of the wind. Hmm. All right. Leo, number two. Number two. Okay. This book was actually a little bit of a recent read for me. And some of you may have known what it is. It was released as a movie, I think, back in 2017. But it is called Un- Unbroken. It is a novel oh, yeah. about a World War II um and I guess World War II veteran he did survive in Louis Zamperini. I believe he passed in, uh, I think he passed in 2011. I'll need to look that up. I don't know that for sure. However, I actually read this book as a summer reading assignment. And uh, funny story, I actually waited till the very end of summer to read it. And <laughs> as in when I say very end, I think I was the last two weeks of it. And it was like a 700-page book. It was very long. But when I started reading it, it really drew me in because his life is just – it's just incredible. Louis Zamperini was actually an Olympic runner. He uh, was one of the, he was one of the first people to get really close, like within a second close to the four-minute mile. Before any sort of training was out, before he came along, people didn't even think you could do it. You couldn't even get close to a four-minute mile. I think his record, I think he was clocked at 401 at one point. He was a phenomenal runner. Uh, he actually had lung problems, even though he was really good at running. And he was drafted into the war. And during his younger life, he uh, moved, moved around a lot. And uh, he didn't really know what he wanted to do. And he just ended up joining the war. And I think that was a, ended up being a story for a lot of men during that time. And 
the way it was written and the way it was described, there were battles where he'd come back and there, next to him there was a ship that was just ripped apart by anti-aerial words, anti-aerial cannons, and his ship had a couple of bullet holes in it and nobody died. Uh, he definitely talks a lot about it was, like I've said before, the, the story of his life to me is just incredible. He was a bomber on a B-17 uh, uh, plane. They called them flying coffins because of the way they were shaped and the tight packed, the tight fit it was. Uh, he was in the what they called the greenhouse, the bay underneath it. And he would use the computers to uh, the quote unquote computers to line the scope up and bomb the places that they were trying to get to. And pacific ocean i believe and or maybe it was the atlantic uh looking for somebody who had um, crashed uh and he actually ended up crashing and him and somebody else uh his fr- a friend of his uh, were stranded at sea i want to say for nearly two months crazy that the people standing beside him one minute would be there and then would be gone and then he was the one to carry on he Later was out um, during his time serving uh, over the no water, no food, and it was up to them to survive. And later, uh, as they were drifted along with the current, they ended up sailing right towards Japan. Now, this was taking place in World War II, and for those of you who might not be the greatest at history, which is okay, uh, World War II was primarily fought by Germany and Japan. And both nations were very, very brutal, like really brutal people, the Japanese especially. Part of it was because of their mindset of war. Japanese were known and described in the novel to fight to the very last man breathing. They wouldn't surrender and they would suicide bomb and they would do anything and everything to gain the advantage and to defeat their opponents because to them, that's all there was. And obviously now things have changed throughout history uh, and Japan still holds high that sense of honor. I think they held a lot of the sense of honor during that war as well, but it was, it was rough. It was really, really rough. And that's just the reality of war. It's a hard time. Uh, They ended up getting captured by the Japanese and Louis Zamperini ended up being brutally, brutally tortured throughout a lot of it. That was definitely a hard thing for me to read because up until that point, I had never really read any war novels before. It is a book that I think everybody should read. I know there's a lot of you know, war stories out there, and there's a lot of things written on World War One and World War Two. However, this book really stuck out to me just because of and the psychological trauma that was described in the book was very very surreal and kind of eye-opening to me and mainly because the ending i don't want to spoil it or anything but um he ends up touched my heart as well is that these men who come back you 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 think of war is happening and then it's over and then you know you clean up and you move on but a lot of these world war ii men who came back they especially the prisoners of war it, it, it didn't they they weren't the same when they came back many almost all of them had psychological issues it aside from the physical issues of you know fighting in battle getting shot obviously he ends up surviving or else he wouldn't have heard his story without it uh and he ends up coming back and he has to deal 
with all of the psychological trauma. And that was something that really extreme physical stress. There was also the mental strain and there was also the, you know, fact of taking life and uh, the perversion of treating somebody the wrong way and torture and all sorts of things like that. It was, Lizzie talked about this with the Ash Princess book. If it's something that you have a hard time reading or if it's something that you struggle with, I, I obviously wouldn't recommend reading a lot of World War II books because it was just hard. It really was. But I definitely am thankful for being assigned this book as summer reading because it was, at least for me, an eye-opener of what World War II was like. And uh, from the perspective of this one man who I don't think I would uh, be right to say that he had it worse, like the worst possible way in World War Two, but he definitely had it pretty hard. So I recommend that book to y'all. Hmm. I'm surprised this wasn't in your most memorable books of 2019 tidbit. Yeah, I probably should have included that. I, I really had to think about all the books I've read because. Like I said, my tidbit, my my year was pretty weird this year. So last year, actually, because it's a new one. Um, but yeah, I haven't read the book or seen the movie, so I guess I'm behind. It's true. It's a really good one. It really is. Mm-hmm. Add it to the list. <laughs> Have you seen the movie? I haven't yet. No, uh, there's like two of them, actually. They keep remaking it. Wow. I haven't either. I was just wondering. I did read the book. The ever-growing list. All right. My number two. This is one that I am surprised I haven't heard on either of your lists so far. And that means it either is number one or you're just not. It's not my number one. I'm saying right now that it's not my number one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is, but it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm Mm-hmm just it's such a good book you learn so many life lessons because like the whole point of the story is scout is learning life lessons from her dad and her older brother and you really it's just it it's so perfect because it's accurately showing a time in america's history when things were not good like it just outwardly very apparently especially looking back on it not good and how people were just okay with that and it's it's i've seen that like several schools have tried to ban this book because it has racism in it but i think the whole point of the book is that it's showing how racism is wrong in a way that younger people can easily understand which is part of why i think it is such a good book and one of the reasons I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. Yeah, me too. It is, however, not on my list. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't understand that. Well, I do not. I'll explain in a bit. I I had a top 20 list. Well, I have a top 20 list in my head. And I would definitely say that Killing Mockingbird is on that. It would be in my honorable mentions if we did some of that in this episode. I don't know if we have a lot of time for that, though. Um, I, I definitely agree with you though, that it provides a lot of insight on a level that children can understand in a time that was very, very hard. And it was part of our history for sure. So we shouldn't try to forget it, 
but it was very, very hard. So I think it was, it's a good book to read. In a world where society has gone away, there's no more, there's no more morals, there's no more values, and they're trying to um, maintain their humanity by staying true to what they know, which is um, their values and morals, even in a society and a world where those don't exist anymore and aren't necessarily helpful. Um, and their relationship is beautiful. The writing style is wonderful. Uh, McCarthy writes in this very minimalistic writing style. He doesn't use like a lot of punctuation intentionally. He writes in very short sentences. Um, it's very dialogue heavy. Um, and all of this kind of reflects the world that they're living in. And so I think that helps contribute to what makes this book great. And then just the relationship between the father and the son is exquisite. All right. The final ones. Final ones. We've made it on this ever so long journey. It's been fun. (laughs) It's been real. Maybe I dare to say even real fun. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, man. Okay. Are you guys ready for uh, to learn what the best book of all time is? I am ready. I am okay. ready. I don't know if I'll agree, but I'm uh, here what you think it, it is. Doesn't it doesn't matter if you agree or not. The the greatest book of all time, uh, the book everyone should read in their life, is The Road by Cormac McCarthy. How did I know you were going because to Because I talk that? about this book all <laughs> the time. Um, the Road is sad and depressing um, and does not have a happy ending. I'll just go ahead and say that up front, but that's fine because life is also sometimes sad and depressing. Uh, it's more accurate. It's more relatable in this way. This is a story set in some sort of post-apocalyptic future. They don't really, the author doesn't give us details because it's not important. We just know that society has fallen apart. Um, and it's a story about a father and his son just trying to survive. And it is a must read. It is the best book ever, bar none. I haven't read it yet, but you will be pleased to hear. It is on my, like, There we go. Because of your comments, like, the last time we talked about this. It's sad. This is what I was reading last year during final exams. um, While I was proctoring proctoring the final exams. I was rereading it. I read it. (laughs) I try to read it once a year if if I'm emotionally capable. Um, and then I got during the final, the last of the final exams, I was nearing the, uh, the end of the book and I knew I was about to visibly cry. So I had to put it away <laughs> and wait <laughs> until all the students had left for the day and then sit in my classroom by myself and finish it and, and just have some time to weep. It is Jeez. sad. I'm sorry. It's sad. Um, it's not going to be a nice, lighthearted, fun adventure, but it's so good. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> if it's that good. It is. I'm allowed to put it on because that is. It sounds really interesting. So it makes me excited. It makes me excited to hear so many amazing sounding books in one list, in two two lists that I get to experience. This is a dangerous episode to record because um, all it does, yes, it gives you a chance to rave about your favorite books, but it also just adds to your to read pile. Exactly. You know, I'm not looking forward to like putting together all the books we mentioned and then going, oh yeah, I have to add that. It's gonna yeah. be. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Leo, 
last one. Number one. All right, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge your statement of the greatest book of all time. <laughs> I don't know if this – I wouldn't say this is the greatest book of all time, to be for sure. However, uh, I'm going to put it pretty up there. And mine's going to be Francis Schaeffer's Escape from Reason. Um, regardless on where you are or – what one would choose to believe or call true in this world. Francis Schaeffer is, at least in my opinion, uh, one of the best minds of our time or was one of the best minds during the past few years. Um, I think he's still alive. Uh, And in his book, Escape from Reason, Francis Schaeffer basically takes all of Western history and looks back on it and describes where we've been. And then he takes where we are now, the present, and relates that to what he believes the future is going to be and uh, what we are to do with it. Uh, Sheer fact that everything Francis Schaeffer has talked about in his book has just slowly been happening in the Western, in the Western culture as it is today is that's why I recommend it so highly as a book, especially for all those who live in that Western culture, because it's insight that's providing us what's going of what's going to happen. Uh, he's a very wise person, and he has done a lot of solid research and has shown that in his book Escape from Reason. And he definitely talks about you know many issues and many controversial subjects that have been going on, and. It's just such a good insight to have on what our history is and how it's affecting our present. I really can't stress this enough in life that before you take a big leap forward, you really got to try to take three steps back. And bring history and asking questions of why and how do these things relate to one another are really, really, really important. Before you just go and do or go and say or go and act on something, remember to always stop and think and ask why and look for what is true. I cannot stress that enough, at least in my top 10 book list. um, Francis Schaeffer's Escape from Reason is number one because I think he helps dig out a lot of good truths and a lot of good uh, good knowledge for this day and age. So yeah. By the way, reached above a hundred minutes on this podcast episode, just so you guys know. I see that. Oh, we see. <laughs> just thinking, maybe we should try and release this as two parts or <laughs> there's gonna be so much editing and I'm I'm gonna die. Well that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Anyway, now my number one, I took this number one approach a little bit differently. I'm not going to try to claim this is the greatest book of all time. I am simply claiming that this is my favorite book of all time and that I think everyone should read it because of how impactful it was to me. It just, it, it's, I'm extremely biased here is what I'm saying. And it just, I feel like it, it helps you see, I don't know, I feel like it helps you what are the words I'm looking for here? You really are. It shows growth in a really good way, I think. 
And it really, it teaches how to look at, you know, certain anxiety, like disorders and stuff. And that's part of why it stood out to me is like, it really, it gives a good insight in how to look at different mental illnesses when, you know, you're just trying to live a normal life. And it's a contemporary novel. To no one's surprise, the book that I put at number one is Eliza and Her Monsters by Francesca Zappia. Called it. There is no way this wasn't going to be my number one. It is my favorite book of all time. It really, it talks about different family dynamics. Like, there's one guy where, I mean, this is kind of a spoiler, but not really. But, like, he lives with his stepmom and then her new husband because both of his parents are like both of his parents have died or have left it's basically his family life has always been a big mess and now he's in this it's it's really interesting and it, i re, i've read it three three or four times in the past two years so it's one i keep going back to i have two copies of it i've highlighted all my favorite parts i've made notes in one of my editions it's just i highly recommend it so much is this a graphic novel not a graphic novel but it has pictures at in certain parts in a way you're following two stories because the whole point of the story is that eliza is the author of this famous web comic and throughout the story you see pages of her web that's comic right okay <laughs> i do know what you're talking about then it's really good. And if you do ever want to read the whole like webcomic, the author has published it. And like she's published at least most of it. And she has recently started. So there's this series that Eliza says inspired her a lot through the whole like series. You hear a lot about it. It's part of how like they move the plot along by talking about this fictional series. But the author is now actually writing and publishing this series for free online really oh yes so you can read the series that they're talking about and how it's influential to the characters in this book you can read the series that's influencing them Hmm. Wow. like so many different aspects to the story that can all really build upon each other which i think is really cool book itself is enough to just be great yeah i i feel like i've heard a lot about this maybe you have told me about this but I'm I'm Probably. pretty sure a few others have told me about this as well. Um, it, it sounds good. I it could be on my to do or to read list already. I don't know, but if not, um, it probably should be there. Yes, it definitely <laughs> should. Not probably, it should. Fair enough. Want to do honorable mentions? I mean, we've already gotten this far. I might as well go all the way. Mm. It'll be a super long episode. Uh, I can go so fast. My number eleven is To Kill a Mockingbird, mm. and oh, thank goodness. my number twelve. I, yes, I did replace it last second with the last unicorn. Um, uh, I don't care. I don't care. Sounds- I don't care. Uh, and then my number twelve is a book called The Lies of Locke Lamora. and I love it one because the title is just so fun to say. It's like the best title ever. And it is, it's basically a fantasy, like, Ocean's Eleven, a fantasy heist novel. And it's so fun. That sounds Ooh. so cool. Um, oh. Those are my honorable mentions. All right. My honorable mentions, I can go through these really quick, too, um, are One of Us is Lying 
Um, it's a yeah, I've heard of that one. Thriller novel. It's really good. There's a sequel coming out, which I don't know how that's gonna work, but that sounds kind of cool. Um, Made you up, also by Francesca Zappia, because my heart. Um, and then Hamlet. <laughs> And which you mentioned, and then I have a book that hasn't been published yet, but that I have read and I haven't finished reading it, but I'm over halfway through and I've really liked it so far. It's called The Spectrum Girls Survival Guide. Um, It's a book written by an autistic girl for autistic girls. And I am not autistic, but I have family members who are and I have friends who are. And I feel like it really has helped me understand them better. So I think anyone with family or close friends that are autistic could learn a lot from mm. it. And I would recommend it. Nice. How are you reading it unpublished? Do you know the author? Uh, no, I do not. I um, I have connections with publishers. Ooh, and they send you. books to... <laughs> So you can easily get connected to them if you're a book reviewer. And so since with the podcast and Goodreads, there you go. works out. Sweet. It's pretty cool. So you can look out for that review soon. And that book comes out in March. So Get hype. Yes, get hype. All right. Well, I'll go really quickly through my honorable mentions too. Honorable mentions are definitely going to be uh, – um... There it is. Sorry. Eliza and her monsters and made you up. Both of those books I read last year made you up. Actually, I mentioned in my bookful tidbit. Um, I both love them so much. They're very, very good books. And I definitely agree with Lissy's um, whole thing on Eliza and her monsters. It was a really good book and I really appreciated it. Uh, and then obviously, uh, um, wait, I'm going to remember it. It. The other one I talked about in my bookful tippet episode, it hurts my brain so much I can't remember. Um, and then uh, that would have been my number. The Crucible. The Crucible. Yes, number thirteen would be my would be oh, the Crucible. The Crucible is so good. It is. It was really interesting, and I appreciated that book a lot. Um, probably all I had though. I haven't read a lot. I need to do more reading. I. Uh, uh, that's like I feel like the story of my life. I need to read more. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I have all of these. One, I have like a solid twenty more books I get to read now. There so. you go. <laughs> all right, it is time for all the outro things. We're not doing emails today because no, <laughs> because oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Really quick, do you want to plug any of your stuff? Me. Yes. Ah, uh, sure. You can listen to Top 10 with Micah and Ben um, anywhere. It's all over the place. If you like lists that are very unlike this one, um, that don't (laughs) matter at all and are absolutely meaningless, check it out. Any social medias or just the podcast? That's it. All right. Well, for us at Bookful Thoughts, I will say... Follow us on Instagram at bookful underscore thoughts. Follow us on Twitter at bookful T, capital B, capital T. Um, Join our Discord server. There is a link in the show notes. Uh, Email us at bookfulthoughts at gmail.com. And follow me on Instagram at Lissy's Adventures. And follow both of us at Goodreads and our guest star, Micah. We will have links to all of our Goodreads in the show notes. Sweet. So you can find my review. (laughs) 
uh, the Underground Railroad. Yes, perfect. Exactly. When you get All to that part in the podcast, you can just pause. Well, now it won't matter because you're listening to this after you've listened to the whole thing. Never mind. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you can go read it to supplement. Indeed. You can you can read it. You can read it. You can go find it, then listen to that segment of the podcast again. Pause. There you go. Read it. And yes. Then After you finish this, go read my review and then re-listen to this episode. <laughs> we're yes. we're ask- all asking a lot today. All 111 <laughs> minutes. Yes. Uh, this is so long. This this. All right. Well, we'll again, happens. thank you all for listening to this. This is probably going to end up being a two-parter. You would know, especially if it's split up between part one and part two. Or maybe I just got lazy and chose not to split it up. But this is going to be so much editing. I am so excited. Thanks so much for listening. And glad I am, if you're listening to this, I am very glad you stayed to the end of our top ten lists. And you heard our bookful thoughts. Anyways. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed this top 10 list with our guest star, Micah, from Top 10 with Micah and Ben. Go check it out. They're awesome. Before we close out this episode, there's one thing I wanted to mention, and it was actually a bit of my bad. Actually, it was entirely my bad. My number one book, I may or may not have mixed up a little bit with another one of Francis Schaeffer's works, which was How Shall We Then Live? I said Escape from Reason many, many times which is not entirely false. I just ended up merging them in my brain. Uh, How Shall We Then Live works a lot with that Western culture aspect and how we got there. Escape from Reason works a good bit more with the philosophical, philosophical idea of how we think the way we think. The way we, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. That That sounds wise and cool, right? Um, anyways, thank you for listening. I uh, hope you guys stick around, and if not, that's okay. May our ways meet at another point in time. I don't know how to close out this episode. This is really awkward. I'm going to let you guys go. Thanks so much.